Well, expect the city council to start talking about the sports complex proposal that's going to go down there on Legacy Point near Shields. Uh, it could be a uh, major driver of some sports tourism for the city of Springfield. Uh, to join us to talk about that and more is Scott Dahl. He's the director of the Springfield Convention and Visitors Bureau. Uh, Scott, thanks for taking time with us here on the WMAY Morning News Feed. How are you doing out there? Oh, let me just hit the button for you, Scott. Start over. All right. I apologize. Uh, I'm having problems with this phone, man. I hung up on you during the break, getting you ready, and I can't bring you up on the board. Okay, you should be good now. So uh, thanks for joining us this morning, Scott. <laughs> no problem. Good morning, Greg. Happy Monday. Yeah, happy. <laughs> That's one way to put it. Um, you know, it, it, we're going to talk a lot about the uh, the sports complex, I would imagine, uh, at the city council chamber. So I do want to talk about that. But before we get into that, uh, let's discuss the, the status of visitors and conventions in the city of Springfield. We heard last week uh, the governor uh, not only announcing that McCormick Place up in Chicago is opening for the Chicago Auto Show, uh, but you also have the uh, opening partially with uh, more capacity uh, allowed starting this Friday uh, with the bridge phase and possibly uh, a little less than a month after that, uh, we could see a full reopening. Uh, so what's the status right now in Springfield? Well, I'm calling the bridge and the uh, potential phase five the great exhale for sure for us. Uh, you know, after after a year of seeing record low citywide occupancies, uh, this gives us a chance to have a, a real summer. We know there's a pent up demand on the leisure side, uh, but this also gives us a real opportunity to have fall conventions, as you just mentioned, uh, Chicago, uh, the auto show coming back to McCormick Place and and. Also, Rosemont uh, uh, opening as well. So this gives us a real chance to bring back those meetings and conventions. Do we have that already lined up? I mean, I know it takes months to plan these things, but uh, do you have indication that we're going to see those types of uh, conventions? And uh, I don't know know what it's going to trade show or, you know, uh, whatever it may be. Um, Do we we have a good idea that uh, we're seeing some of that uh, schedule for the summer? Well, I'm so grateful Mayor Langfelder, you know, kept our team working through the pandemic because exactly that. We've been communicating with meeting planners over the past year. Uh, they, We know that they will be ready when we're ready. And the announcements of the bridge and moving into phase five, uh, we can, you know, get on the phone and let the meeting planners know that, you know, we will have an opportunity uh, this summer and this fall to bring conventions back, but also capacity levels as well. Uh, remember, we push millions of visitors through Springfield every year uh any given week and we can double the size of springfield and the capacity restrictions uh, were concerned so moving into phase five we won't have those capacity restrictions and uh, it'll look more like a, a normal summer more like normal i uh I, I like that i like uh normal better uh so we'll see if we can get to normal um uh, sometime <laughs> soon scott Dahl joining us he's the director of the springfield convention and visitors bureau uh and for people who don't understand the economic impact of conventions of tourism uh <laughs> it brings in a lot of revenue uh not just for the small businesses that uh you know are more kind of uh on the ancillary of all of this uh you know getting getting that foot traffic uh, getting people eating at the restaurant restaurants and whatnot, uh, but also the hotels, staying at the hotels. Uh, it's a lot of economic impact for the city of Springfield as well. Almost half a billion dollars annually, uh, $10 million in taxes, 3,500 jobs, uh, $100 million in payroll. Yeah, it, we're a very large industry. Uh, and it's interesting because what I've heard is, you know, I didn't think of the person sitting across from me when I'm out to eat or I'm shopping being from another state or another country. 
In 2019, we had almost 20,000 visitors come through our visitor center at the Lincoln Herden Law Offices from 74 different countries. So we're an international stop as well as a domestic stop. It's pretty incredible. Uh, and again, the economic impact, uh, definitely noticeable in the city's coffers. Uh, do you have any numbers that you could share as far as what we lost during the uh, the past 12-plus uh, months? Well, we know we lost $40 million in the spring of 2020 in just meetings and conventions. We lost our entire spring oh. uh, season there. We lost our fall season. Uh, this year, we've tracked $15 million, uh, this spring that we've lost. Mind you, we didn't book as much in 2020, so those losses are a little bit less. Overall, I would say the impact is about $250 million in losses from the travel industry uh, through the pandemic. That's pretty incredible. And is that uh, both economic activity and uh, city tax revenues? Yeah, city tax revenues are affected. Uh, you know, almost $4 million a year generated by the hotel tax, and I believe the number was around $800,000 uh, last year. So impactful for sure i can't imagine what it's going to be like when you guys get your spreadsheets um next year right and you look at the <laughs> and you look at that chart because i mean we saw it with the unemployment figures and that crazy dip and just wow is staggering but i would imagine uh, uh by this time next year you'll be able to look back and be like oh wow that was uh that was quite a time. Uh, we're talking with Scott Dahl. He's the director of the Springfield Convention and Visitors Bureau here on the WMAY Morning News Feed. All right, Scott, let's get into it. Uh, of course, uh, we've been talking about this for months now, if not years, in different uh, capacities and different iterations. But uh, we're looking at a sports complex uh, that's going to bring sports tourism to the city of Springfield. What's the latest? We have a um, uh, developer's agreement that uh, aldermen have in front of them that they're reviewing right now. Yeah, just this last effort, Greg, has been years. Uh, We introduced the market analysis in 2019 and then asked any developer to follow through with the market analysis, inject it into their projects, and come back with us on their own accord with the feasibility study. And that's exactly what Legacy Point did uh, in 2020, uh, July of 2020, actually. And, you know, moving forward, uh, you know, I think what we're looking at is there's some 60-page developer's agreement there's plenty of safety nets for the city in there, uh, but it comes down to two things, and that is the city is obligated uh, to provide a 2% of the hotel tax or what is the visitor tax, right? That's visitor funded. Unless you're staying in a hotel room, you're not contributing to that tax uh, for the next 23 years. That's one of the obligations. The second obligation is 2.5% of the additional revenues generated by the sports complex at Legacy Point only. That's it. That's the obligation for the city over the next 23 years. There's no risk involved. The city won't own it. The city won't manage it. The developer takes on the risk. If there's a short ball, it falls back to the developer, legacy point. There's a two additional ask in there. They're asking that they abate the city's portion of the property tax and they extend the business district for another 10 years. Uh, that would mirror what Shields has indicated they would do with their lease. So when you talk about um, abating the um, uh, sales tax, would that be like, um, what do they call that, uh, an enterprise zone type of thing? Um, I'm sorry, it's the abating the city's portion of the property tax on just the sports complex. Oh, okay. So that would be the the property tax generated by just the sports complex buildings, uh, which generally is about 4%. School district takes the majority of that, about 65%. um, But that city's portion there. But remember, uh, there's additional ancillary ground uh, around, and so the city will make additional property ta- uh, tax 
uh, revenues from any development in that area, uh, as well as 1% of the hotel tax that's, that's being proposed as a current tax. Uh, the project itself that sports tourism is anticipated to generate an increase the citywide hotel occupancy by 4%. So by giving up 1%, you're getting 4%. It's really a no-brainer. Scott Dahl with us. Uh, he's with the Springfield Convention and Visitors Bureau. He's been uh, uh, helping uh, kind of guide this process of sorts uh, to, to have the Springfield area have a sports complex at Legacy Point. Uh, and uh, just a couple of the criticisms that have been brought up uh, when I talked with Alderman Joe McMiniman last week, uh, he said, listen, this is a great idea. There's a lot of support for it, but he just doesn't like the idea of having uh, what he kind of indicated as too much of the city uh, tax dollars being laid out for this. He said it should be able to drive on its own with just the private sector. Uh, why does the city need to get involved with this? Why doesn't, if it's such a, a, a great idea uh, with the private sector, why doesn't uh, why don't they just drive this whole thing? SFA, Sports Facility Advisory, uh, will take almost uh, 100% of the time municipalities own these facilities. They contribute 100%. They take on 100% of the risk. If it is a public-private partnership, it's generally 80-20 just like Sandusky, Ohio. And, and I encourage people to take a look at Sandusky Sports Force Park uh, in Sandusky, Ohio, uh, because uh, what Legacy is proposing is modeled much after what Sandusky is doing. Matter of fact, uh, the gentleman that worked on that project is now working for SFA and is the point on the Legacy project. And so he's using that playbook. So uh, typically these are 100% municipality-owned. SFA said this is the most lopsided agreement they've seen uh, for a city to, to have to only come in at 50% or 50-50 and not take any risk. And by the way, they have all they have about a dozen safety nets, and they're going to sign off on every expense that comes through for the sports complex moving forward, even though they're not taking, the city's not taking the risk. Scott, there's also um, concerns with some of the east side uh, of Springfield that say that they they brought up a similar idea and really haven't gotten to to get anywhere with their idea. I think it's Star Village, uh, uh, for instance. Uh, so, so why there at Legacy Point versus uh, you know somewhere within like the east side of Springfield, uh, even if it's close to the highway? Well, Greg, I'll remind you, the city didn't didn't choose the location. We created the market study and then encouraged developers to go out with the market study and put that market study into their feasibility studies. And we did that equally. And Legacy was the only proposal that came forward to us. And again, this is two years ago. So they've had two years for any developer to come forward and put that market study in. And, and Legacy did, but you can see why. They have an anchor like Shields, a true destination already, a destination shopping experience. They have almost $20 million in infrastructure done. They have easy accessible to the interstate in the center of town. Uh, you know, they have the ground to do it. it. It makes a lot of sense from a development standpoint. But again, the city did not choose the location. Scott, uh, when do we see this thing advance? Uh, I know um, aldermen, they meet tomorrow, uh, the week after. Is this uh, something that in the short term is going to be uh, on the docket and passed here soon? Or are we still uh, working on uh, various pieces and answering questions? Well, hoping for a discussion tomorrow night, and then we'll see what if it can move forward to to a debate item uh, on the 18th for city council. Uh, so we'll see what happens tomorrow night, and, and hopefully there will be some discussion there. But Greg, remember this gets us to the starting line. 
giving these two simple obligations over the next 23 gets us to the starting line. The developers still have to go out and, and, and do the private side, which I know that they've been working on diligently uh, for the past year as we've been going through this process. And then once they get to the finish line on the, um, on the private side, then we'll have the architectural plans, we'll have the financing in place, we'll have the ownership in place. That will all come back to the city council. Well, then they'll vote it up or vote it down at that point. So, again, this just gets us to the starting line. We're looking at six to eight months. Uh, we get final plans approved by council, possibly shovels in the dirt by fall. So uh, and up until shovels are in the dirt, is the city putting out any tax money at all, or is it when the shovels hit the dirt, that's when the uh, the agreement would kick in? When when the shovels hit the dirt. When, it, when the final plans have been approved and construction starts and it's in place, only the revenues from the incentives will then be made available. And just like the entire 23 years, as the incentive money is available, uh, that's where you advance the project. And we're talking about phases, outdoor first. Outdoor clearly makes more money than the indoor. We see that in Sandusky. That's exactly how Sandusky played it. Uh, they created the 8 to 10 multipurpose fields. Uh, in the first three years, they averaged $60 million a year in economic impact. 60. A month after they completed the outdoor, they approved the indoor for, for a proposal. They built the indoor. The indoor is now making $20 million a year. So we're talking $60 million a year on business that Sandusky had never seen before. This is brand new business, just like it will be for Springfield. SFA and their market analysis and feasibility estimated the annual economic impact in Springfield is 30 million. So I think back 30 million is conservative. Uh, I think we could see 40, 50, maybe $60 million a year, just like we're seeing in Sandusky. Uh, we're set up very much the same way. Well, I know there's a lot of support for it, and we'll see uh, the debate happen this week or next week and uh, watch this thing as it progresses. Scott Dahl, Springfield Director of the Convention and Visitors Bureau, thank you so much for taking time this morning. We'll connect again soon, all right? Thank you, Greg. Have a good week.